it took a lot to make our podcast come together. And Mattress Max said, I want to be part of that. I want to be the presenting sponsor. And he did. And our listeners have responded and said, thank you. We love the show. We love the podcast. We love American-made solid wood furniture delivered today. Send Mac a message and say, hey, Mac, thanks for supporting the Michael Berry Show podcast, and I'll buy my furniture from you when I need it next. Or my new bed, 281-844-1963. 281-844-1963. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. There's an old adage that if you want to find a person's real motives, follow the money. When someone tells you it's not about the money, rest assured, it's about the money. They say it's not about the money because they know you know it's about the money. And they have to address the fact that you're thinking, well, all you care about is the money. So they say, it's not about the money, it's about the principle. But is it? Because it never is. I tell you what, then I won't pay you the money, but I will do what you want me to do. And we'll see if this is about the principle or the money. Well, 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 the money a little bit. The money matters a, a little bit. Joe Biden and the Democrats decimate our oil industry in favor of electric vehicles. Wind. Solar. That's a foolish road to take. And if you ask yourself if they're stupid or purposely trying to destroy America, a question that we spent eight years of the, of the Obama administration trying to figure out. Is Obama just a complete blithering idiot? Or is this all part of an evil plan? And the reactions seem to be split. But the answer for the Biden administration seems a little simpler than that. You just follow the money. John Stossel, who is technically a libertarian, but he was on Fox for many years, and now he's off on his own. And he's doing some of the best work in journalism out there. It's magazine style instead of a daily report, but he tends to go a little deeper. And we play some of his stuff here on the show because we think it's very well done. He's got a piece on corporate freeloaders where he explains how the system works. And I wouldn't call the corporations freeloaders as much as I'd call them investors. Instead of investing in, in research and development in order to win your heart, your decision-making in the marketplace, they invest in politicians. That's where the money comes from that drives policy. Because when it comes to solar, wind, electric, you don't make those decisions in a free marketplace. You make those decisions because you're compelled. You make those decisions out of guilt. You make those decisions because the government gives you a subsidy, an incentive to do it. So follow the money. 
in America today, the bigger recipient of handouts is not poor people, it's corporations. GE, imagination at work. GE is the biggest industrial corporation in the world. Here's their CEO with President Obama. Jeff Immelt is perhaps the CEO who is most cozy with President Obama. And Jeff Immelt was recently named the country's job czar. I am so proud and pleased that Jeff has agreed to chair this panel. General Electric is structuring their business around where government is going. So everything from high-speed rail, solar, wind, General Electric is lining up to get what government's handing out. The New York Times reports that government handed out so many tax breaks to GE, thanks to their fierce lobbying, that despite billions of dollars in profit, they'll pay no taxes this year. Once upon a time in America, companies got money from investors and created wealth by inventing things. 25 years ago, my friends and I started with nothing but an idea. Microsoft did that. They started with nothing and created billions in shareholder wealth. But then... Microsoft is free to compete and compete aggressively, but not unlawfully. The government sued Microsoft for offering people free software at the time. Microsoft spent exactly zero dollars on lobbying. They were busy changing the world. They were busy creating a computer revolution and helping the internet revolution. And for that, they got drawn into court. They spent millions and hundreds of millions defending themselves against the Justice Department. So how much money do they spend today on lobbyists? Hundreds of millions of dollars a year. They learned their ugly lesson. We created a system in which if you don't do it, you're at a competitive disadvantage. A public-private partnership. A public-private partnership. A public-private partnership. Businesses love to have a partner in government. This little window maker must have loved the attention it got by having the vice president praise its products. You're not just churning out windows. You're making some of the most energy-efficient windows in the world. Think getting the vice president was a big deal? Heck, they got the president, too. These workers will now have a new mission, producing some of the most energy-efficient windows in the world. Other companies don't get so much government help, but this company gave money to the Democrats. And one of their executives was married to an important Energy Department official. It sure is nice to get special government help. Thank you, Mr. Vice President, uh, for your unwavering support. Left-wing think tanks criticize corporate welfare, but somehow green handouts, they're okay. Everybody wants to find a better fuel-efficient way to go about their daily business. The government's going to invest in certain companies to pioneer new technologies. That, I think, is not corporate welfare. The business is too dumb to invest in it without government saying, do this and here's help. The private sector will only invest if they know for sure that there is a commercial marketplace. But you say everybody wants these things. Isn't that enough incentive for private, greedy businesses to make it? The free market does not know anything unless we all collect our interests and say this is of national import to us. Central planning does not work. It doesn't work in any industry. It doesn't work in any uh, in any kind of economy. But since they're going to centrally plan, they'll give out special favors to the politically savvy people who are best at lobbying for them of at least $200 million is needed. And so the government pours billions of your dollars into projects like the Roscoe Wind Farm in Texas. It's half owned by GE. Even if this wind farm produces nothing of value, they are getting money 
from the U.S. taxpayer. Maybe we don't need wind turbine. Maybe it's a waste of money. Well, maybe it is, but it should be one thing that we as a nation are investing in so that we aren't left behind. Some of the cleanest renewable energy on Earth. GE would not agree to be interviewed. Maybe that's a good thing if it means companies are now getting embarrassed about the handouts. Thirteen years ago, when I wanted to confront a business about its freeloading, the CEO was so brazen, he flew me to his headquarters in one of his fancy jets. This isn't gold, is it? Uh, gold-plated. Can you get you anything else? At the time, this man was the biggest recipient of handouts, Dwayne Andreas, CEO of ethanol maker ADM. You're a pig feeding at the welfare trough. Why should I care? It doesn't bother you. Not a bit. Many beneficiaries of corporate welfare really believe that they're being paid to help the country. What I'm providing is so good that it ought to be subsidized. Unfortunately, a lot of American companies have become mooches off the government. And they go to the government to manipulate the system in their favor. That's what not business is about. That's not what capitalism is about. But today, unfortunately, it is a way for capitalists to freeload. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him put number nine. Not only was it authentic frontier gibberish, it expressed a courage little seen in this day and age. The Michael Berry Show. A year or two ago, I was watching um, No Country for Old Men, and Tommy Lee Jones's character, if you recall, is the sheriff who never really unholsters his gun. He never has to draw. And the Mexican cartels have brought a level of violence to the streets that he can't even understand. The firepower far exceeds anything he's got, and he just can't understand how the world has gone to hell. He just can't understand it. So he goes to his mentor, and he's talking to his mentor, and his mentor's trying to explain how crazy the world has become, and he refers to signs and wonders. And when I heard that, I thought, you know, that's how I feel about some of the crazy news stories of how on earth can this actually happen? How do you reach such a point of depravity? I really have to wonder. Well, our latest installment of Signs and Wonders comes to you from Chicago, Illinois. It's all the damn money, it Tom. Money and the drugs. It's just damn beyond everything. What's it mean? What's it leading to? You know, if you'd have told me 20 years ago, I'd see children walking the streets of our Texas towns with green hair, bones in their noses. I just flat out wouldn't have believed you. Signs and wonders. But I think once you quit hearing sir and ma'am, the rest is soon to follow. Oh, it's the tide. It's the dismal tide. It is not the one thing. Not the one thing. Signs and wonders. Sir and ma'am, the rest is soon to follow. Signs and wonders. Not the one thing. It's the dismal tide. Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. So... Credit for this story comes from Fox 32 in Chicago, and it's ugly. 
We begin with a tragic story in the southwest suburbs after teens take a stolen Kia for a deadly joyride. Robbins police say three 13-year-old boys were inside of a stolen Kia with the driver's side window busted out, driving on Kedzie Avenue at about 2.30 this afternoon. Police started to follow the Kia when it collided with another car, killing a 71-year-old man who was driving. Neighbors tell us the man lived in a nearby apartment complex. It's terrible. Terrible. I don't even think they've taken driver's ed. So how are you stealing a car? Very unfortunate. Sad. Sad. The teens were all arrested at the scene. The amazing thing is that that woman is most bothered that they haven't taken driver's ed. Um, that That's the least of their worries. Before you say, well, they're just children doing childish things, let me remind you of Latarian Milton. Latarian was seven years old when he stole his grandma's car. When asked why he did it, he said that he wanted to do hood rat stuff with his friends. He wanted to do hood rat stuff with his friends. That went viral in 2009, but you've already forgotten it. He was seven years old. You have a seven-year-old boy stealing a car and saying funny stuff on the news. Let's go back to that original report. This is a seven-year-old kid, a first grader. Credit WPF News in West Palm Beach. Latarian Milton is not your typical seven-year-old. Few his age have ever driven an SUV up and down several busy streets. It all started at his mother's townhouse. Latarian says he took the car keys and hopped into his grandmother's Dodge Durango. When I came through the back door, I looked on the counter, my keys were gone. I took my grandma's car because I got mad at my mom, and then I suddenly had my friend come in, and he smoked with cigarettes. He started the vehicle and put it into gear. I yanked, the, I yanked it. I yanked the um, thing. And off they went. Two seven-year-olds alone on the road. Latarian drove several miles through Lake Park and Palm Beach Gardens. We got the one call that I told you about of a driver in the vehicle who looked too short to be able to see over the steering wheel. Along the way, he ran over two mailboxes, hit two parked cars in a Costco parking lot, and struck two moving cars near Walmart. I want to do it because it's fun. It's fun to do bad things to drive into a car. But did you know that you could perhaps kill somebody? Yes, but I wanted to do horror stuff for my friend. It all ended on Investment Lane and Consumer Drive. That's where Latarian hit the curb and sideswiped the sign. The SUV took most of the beating, snapping off one of his axles and wheels. A grandmother's rage. I want to whip his behind. That's what I want to do right now. If I thought they wouldn't take me to jail, I'd whip his behind right now. You don't think he should be punished for all of this? Just a little bit. No video games for a whole weekend. And one unusual story for police. You, are you sorry? Yes. You understand that now your grandma's going to have to pay to have those cars fixed because yes. you hit those cars. Can my mom help her? I don't know. Can your mom help her? Well, you moved on, as we all did, but Latarian didn't. Two weeks after that, he attacked his grandmother because she wouldn't buy him chicken wings. Nine years later, he found himself in trouble again. Want to guess what he did this time? He carjacked a car with his friends. Once again, WPBF 25 News. Latarian Milton spent about 10 minutes in court this morning. He learned that he will not be able to go home anytime soon. He will have to wait to hear from the judge the next court date. We last spoke with Latarian Milton in 2015. He had just completed middle school and was looking forward to the next step. I get to school in high school because 
be able to play on the football team, have some good success there. This is Milton entering a West Palm Beach courtroom Monday to face charges stemming from an armed robbery and carjacking. Palm Beach County Sheriff's deputies say a Lyft driver picked up four young males and a female early Sunday morning and drove them to a Windora Way in West Palm Beach. That's where the female exited the vehicle. Investigators say the suspects told the driver to take them to another location. When the driver refused, authorities say one of the suspects pulled out a handgun and hit the driver in the back of the head. The driver says he got out of the car and was robbed of his wallet and jacket. He later told deputies that Milton, who was in the front passenger seat, got out and hopped into the driver's seat and sped away with the other suspects. According to investigators, the driver gave detectives a phone number, which led to the identification of Milton. Deputies arrested Milton Sunday afternoon. We first met Milton in 2007 when he was seven years old. He had just stolen his grandmother's SUV and went on a joyride through Lake Park in Palm Beach Gardens. I want to do it because it's fun. Fun to do bad things, to drive into a car. So did you know that you could perhaps kill somebody? Yes, but I wanted to do hood stuff with my friend. If I thought they wouldn't take me to jail, I'd whip his behind right now. Back in court, the judge ordered Milton to remain at a juvenile facility until his next court date. Latarian would be sentenced to 15 years in prison for that crime. The streets have replaced fathers in the home. I, you know, I've played this clip before, but maybe it's never been more appropriate than now. I hope you are enjoying our podcast, and just know that I love to hear from you. You can email me through our website at michaelberryshow.com, and I read everyone, and I, I try to respond to everyone. I'm also appreciative that you support our sponsors. Our sponsor, our presenting sponsor for our podcast, it makes this all happen, is Gallery Furniture, Jim McInville. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a cell phone number, 281-844-1963. Say, hey, Mac, thanks for sponsoring Michael Berry's podcast. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was Denzel Washington when he was asked about the importance of the father in the home. You know, incarceration rates in America has been a problem, especially as opposed to minorities. And Roman delves into this, the, the issues around the, the legal system. Do you think we've made any headway? In the I think it's more important to make headway in our own house. By the time the system comes into play, the damage is done. They're not locking up seven-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was in Chicago a couple of three, four weeks ago, and we saw these little kids on bikes with masks on the side of their head, like five or six of them. And the driver said, yeah, they're little yummies. I said, who? He said, little, little yummies. Look up. Google little yummy. Mm. Little yummy was an 11-year-old murderer. Wow. And you look at his picture, you'll see the headshot of him, and he's like this. And he got murdered at 11 by a 14-year-old Wow! who's doing life now and a 16-year-old. That makes no sense. You, you blame the system? Where was his father? Yeah. It starts in the house. It starts in the home. And, yeah, well, well, my father got locked up. Well, where was his father? Yeah. You know, like I did talk about my three closest friends, and they did, you know, 15 to 25. One did 28, this and that. I was the only one of the three that had a father in my life, even though my parents were together, but I still had a father who was a gentle man and a good example, yeah. and they didn't. We can blame the system if we want, 
But they didn't lock any of us up at seven. Yeah. We were all doing enough to get locked up at 13. My parents sent me in another direction. They didn't have anybody to help them, and they kept doing what they was doing. And the system got them. So I, I don't, the, the system is rigged, but why, all the more reason not to help. Them. You take care of yourself. Thank you, buddy. The Michael Berry Show. Thanks, Michael. Don't ask me. Ever wonder what exactly is going on with Ukraine? Ever wonder how it is that this country has so much involvement with America's politically connected families, including but not limited to the Bidens? Or why it just happens to be that it was a Ukrainian oil company, Burisma, where Hunter Biden was getting paid all this money and Joe Biden goes over and says you got to fire the AG in order to get this aid from America. Ever wonder why it is we choose to spend billions in Ukraine when we don't in many other countries? If you're telling me it's to stop Russian aggression, hmm. if you're telling me it's because a weaker nation has been attacked by a stronger one, I can point to 10 others that we don't in, say, Africa for a number of different reasons. It almost seems to me that the presidents of those nations need to do better at giving kickbacks to Hunter Biden, or they need to find better incentives for the people in this country that make those deals happen. Bradley Devlin is a staff reporter for the American Conservative, formerly an analysis reporter for the Daily Caller. He's been published in the Daily Wire, Daily Signal, talking about how one of the biggest investment firms, BlackRock, have you heard that name before? are striking deals to help rebuild Ukraine. Bradley, let me ask you how this story first came across your radar, how you got interested in it, and then how do you begin to navigate a world where there's not a lot of public information available to tell this story? Well, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate coming on and talking about this issue because it's so important, uh, especially when we've looked at the last, 30 years of American foreign policy, really, you know, going in, destabilizing nations and promising to rebuild them in our own image. And this is exactly what's going on uh, with Ukraine. Uh, You know, it's funny, we turned off the spigot for the military industrial complex in Afghanistan by Biden actually doing a good thing, right? Holding to the promise that President Trump made that we would leave Afghanistan, even though he delayed the timeline and botched the withdrawal. Um, Nevertheless, I think it's better that our, our troops are home. Well, as soon as we turn off that spigot, another one turns on, and that's obviously Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And this interested me because uh, everyone involved, just like, as you said in the intro, right, Biden promising uh, to fire that AG, boasting about how he got the AG fired um, when there was a clear conflict of interest there. The same thing's happening now, where BlackRock and the, the Ukrainian government are actually boasting about bringing in some of the worst people in the world to rebuild their country and make money hand over fist. Uh, And so it was press releases. It was statements from the Ukrainian government dating back uh, to last September when Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock and Zelensky first met by video teleconference. And yeah, it's, it's really difficult. It's, it's a lot of opaque information. Uh, You, you don't actually get the numbers because those are oftentimes private or, 
will be uh, released in due time, obviously, uh, before it's, you know, after it's too late to stop all of the, all of the madness. Um, so, yeah, I'm still working hard on trying to track down exactly how BlackRock has been involved in our uh, reconstruction of various nations that we've uh, decided to help or decided to invade and then rebuild uh, in the name of, of liberal democracy. Uh, but one thing is clear. If you just go on CNN Money right now, and I'd encourage all your listeners to do this, if you just go on CNN Money right now and you check out BlackRock's positions in every single major uh, defense contractor, whether it's Northrop Grumman or General Dynamics or Boeing or uh, Lockheed Martin, they have about a 5% stake in every single one of these companies. So they have a 5% stake, meaning that if the shares increase for all of these uh, defense contractors because the United States is going to be buying a whole bunch of weapons and sending them, them to Ukraine. Well, then that helps their bottom line. And then on top of that, they've partnered with the Ukrainian government uh, to, to rebuild their nation uh, after it's, it's been thoroughly destroyed by war. And everyone says, well, isn't that an altruistic thing? Well, the point being is that if we hadn't had such a dunderheaded foreign policy for the last 50 years regarding Russia, uh, and we hadn't made crazy ideological commitments to support Ukraine as long as it takes, well, then their hospitals, their roads, their bridges wouldn't have to be rebuilt. Right. But it's almost as if it's not about the necessary infrastructure. It's about who's going to make the money on it. And BlackRock has a nifty little niche of investing in things as sort of a parallel to the government. It's almost as if they have an access that is not healthy. I didn't say legal. That is not healthy. Uh, and by the way, I would say the same of Goldman Sachs over the years and and the revolving door of the leadership of Goldman Sachs and our Treasury Department should be cause for great concern, and that's how our bailouts and, and our quantitative easing is determined. But let me understand, and I don't want to put words into your mouth, and, and you may not be ready to, to state definitively, but what might potentially be a problem that you're looking to expose with BlackRock's involvement in Ukraine? I think one of the things that I'm curious about is how much is the Ukrainian government paying BlackRock for its services to devise this plan, to devise this roadmap of uh, how the Ukrainian government should go about courting investment from governments, from private firms, from individuals, et cetera, in its rebuild, right? Because right now, um, the Ukrainian government isn't collecting taxes right? They're in the middle of a war. They've, they've, receipts are incredibly low. Their economy's been devastated. Um, right now, or through the end of 2022, the United States government has given the Ukrainian government $13 billion in direct budgetary aid. So that means that their government programs uh, can, can keep on going uh, to the best of their ability in this period of time. And that means that if BlackRock is getting paid by the Ukrainian government, then actually BlackRock is getting paid by U.S. taxpayer dollars uh, to go in and devise a scheme uh, in, or a strategy where any of their future investments or investments by other large firms like them, J.P. Morgan for one, uh, you mentioned Goldman Sachs, uh, are insured to be successful. So all of these country, uh, all of these companies that have completely uh, destroyed, in part, the American middle class, uh, 
um, are now being funded by you know regular American tax dollars to go in and make money hand over fist in a country 5,000 miles away. Where is the money in Ukraine going? Because it's not to the war effort. And how are companies like BlackRock benefiting from it? It's an opportunity for them. We'll continue with Bradley Devin. Devlin coming up. The Michael Berry Show. He's just perfect. Bradley Devlin is our guest. We saw an interview he did with Tucker Carlson about who's making money out of the money we're spending and sending to Ukraine, BlackRock being one of those. Bradley's our guest. The taxpayers pay for the war, and these guys swoop in and win the peace because the peace is very profitable. It's just fascinating. Yeah, that's right. And again, I want to stress something that you said a little, a little while back that I, you know, I'm not saying that there's anything illegal going on per se, right? But it is a question of incentive structures and it is a question of, of the system in which we go about assisting other countries, right? The incentive structures, if we're looking at a massive multinational financial firm like BlackRock uh, that's invested in the defense industry is keep the war going on and destroy as much of Ukraine uh, as possible so that there's more to rebuild, there's more to invest in, there's more to get returns on. And you heard Zelensky say this uh, in a video conference meeting with the Chamber of Commerce in Boca Raton, right? And let's just say, let's just say this, right? The Chamber of Commerce, one of the uh, biggest proponents of open borders and free trade policies that have destroyed the American heartland in recent American history. Um, so everyone seems to be wanting to put their finger in the pie or cut themselves a hefty slice while the American taxpayer is being left with the bill. The American taxpayer is being left with the bill. The American soldier is at risk of being a boot on the ground in a potentially escalating conflict. Um, I think there is a lot at stake that we are poking the bear that may not necessarily all be in the best interest of the United States or in the best interest of the region as our involvement uh, uh, is being portrayed. There are other interests that somehow find a way to attach themselves to a profit margin every time we're at war, every time there is a bailout, every time there is any other sort of massive governmental expenditure. And it makes you start wondering, doesn't it, Bradley, if in fact the money is being spent and then they come in and say, how do we get the slough versus them driving the money being spent because they're going to get a percentage of it? Yeah, and, and one thing I'd, I'd say on top of that is thank goodness for the 20 who stood up against Kevin McCarthy um, during the speaker's race because that means that now we're, we're, you know, as Republicans in the caucus, across the caucus, not just those 20 individual members, but the entirety of the Republican um, uh, members in, in Congress right now that have control of the House are empowered to go forward with investigations and probes and use the subpoena powers and use the powers of Congress um, to get to the bottom of what seems to be, on the surface level, bizarre ways in which uh, the United States government has decided to go about its business. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that they're empowered to do so, and I think we need inspector generals and we need uh, investigations uh, 
happening right now, not afterwards when all the dust settles um, or, you know, 10 years in like we, we had with Afghanistan. No, we need to be doing this right now. We can't have funds mysteriously go missing in the fog of war or, you know, well, why didn't this funding strategy not work out? There's simply too much at stake, especially, as you said, uh, when we're dealing with not just members of the Taliban who are, you know, relatively poorly armed um, in Afghanistan, but an actual nuclear power uh, that, that changes the dynamics in a serious, serious way. And uh, our ideological commitments to the Ukrainians, uh, to, to the uh, opposition of Russia, makes all that a lot more difficult. Uh, you know, I, I see, even though I was young when the Iraq and Afghan wars started, uh, I see a lot of the same type of messaging on the pro, you know, war with Russia's side to those, those earlier conflicts. And it seems like we haven't learned our lesson um, and Republicans in Congress need to make sure uh, that there is an appetite for holding, uh, you know, our, our military brass, our State Department officials, our DOD officials, the Biden administration, um, and members of Congress who are serious war hawks accountable uh, for their warmongering. Well, and all of this, as we talked about earlier in the show, uh, in the context of uh, a debt ceiling increase discussion, which is a fait accompli, the best the Republicans are are offering is, well, maybe we might get a little bit for the border as part of it, but they no longer even pretend, as Boehner did, that we might stop the debt ceiling increase. We're always going to kick the can down the road. These are the expenditures of a far-flung empire that are unsustainable. A forever war in Iraq, a forever war in Afghanistan, the withdrawal from which, as you note, was botched. These are expenditures and a drain on our balance sheet that we simply cannot sustain over the long haul. And it does make you wonder, uh, as Bradley notes, why are we spending this money and who exactly stands to gain? And and worth noting, Bradley, not not sounds like the source of your uh, your discussion or the thrust of it, but it bears noting how much corruption has already been exposed of the money we're spending. There is this idea that we have to we have to assist the Ukrainians because these are the Poles or the Czechs or the Norwegians or the French being attacked by the Germans in World War II, when in fact most of this money, almost all of this money, is never seeing the front lines of a war. That's a front for guys to get paid in transfers of wealth from the United States while their soldiers are underfunded. So it's a little bit of a ridiculous uh, ruse that we're going through. This money's not making it to the war anyway. Right, and you talked about corruption. I mean, I remember writing back when uh, Russia had just started uh, placing troops on the Ukrainian border, and I just pointed out the fact that, look, look at the last two presidents of Ukraine before Vladimir Zelensky, uh, both have either been charged or convicted of high treason. Uh, back in 2009, there was a gas deal being negotiated with the Ukrainian prime minister. Well, the prime minister was brought up on corruption charges there. And then we just had the story last week where several of uh, the ministers in the, I forget, it's the interior economy. There was, there was a few ministers scattered throughout the Ukrainian government that had been whipping around Kiev in uh, black escalades and, and fancy, fancy rides. Um, all of this was supposed to be war funding that had, had mysteriously gone missing and they had to resign in disgrace. And people say, well, that's Zelensky cleaning house. Good for him. And it's like, no, this is how the country has worked 
uh, for decades, since really the fall of the Soviet Union, this is how Ukraine has worked. It is an incredibly corrupt country. Yes, it's stuck between a rock and a hard place, between Russia and between Western Europe. Um, and that's not a good, those aren't good conditions for democracy to just thrive in. Uh, Ukraine has, has always been a corrupt country. And now we've decided to memory hold that because uh, we, you know, our politicians and the American government doesn't want to be held accountable uh, for when that ugly head uh, initially rears. Worth noting, worth noting that Tucker Carlson, who has a background in wanting all sides to be heard and a full conversation and vetting of, of public policy, including uh, wartime activities, has raised a number of questions about Ukraine. And he said that Michael McCall, a uh, Republican from Texas, who's on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, chairs it, I guess now, um, I believe that's right. He said that McCall told him that the deep state had had informed McCall that Tucker Carlson was a stooge for Putin, that he was a, a Russian-controlled asset. I guess raising questions makes you dangerous, which makes you a very dangerous man. Bradley Devin, thanks, Devlin, thanks for being our guest. Thank you. Thank you to Mattress Mac for sponsoring our podcast and our show and for believing in the message we preach here every day. If you would, if you need you need to buy a bed, you need furniture, solid wood, American-made furniture uh, delivered today, go see Mac at Gallery Furniture. And if you don't need it anytime soon, send him a text and say, hey, thanks for supporting the Michael Berry Show podcast. 281-844-1963. Yeah, that's his number. 281-844-1963.